sir. He's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. Hello out there on the internet. I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber. An online prophet that claims to be God, a murder in the Alabama woods, a child holding a shotgun in the middle of a camp, reptilians, urine therapy, the American South, police violence, conspiracy, robot birds, the uniquely American black esoteric tradition. Yo, this week, I don't even know where to start. It's a big and surreal story about a new age movement that spread through live streams. Its followers are decentralized, driven by belief rather than any organizing principle, And at the center of it all is a prophet who claims to be God and is sitting in jail on some pretty serious charges. With me here today to walk us through all of this complicated and surreal story is Motherboard senior staff writer Anna Merlin and editorial director Tim Marchman. Their new story about it is, quote, an online prophet claims to be God. His followers keep getting arrested. Tim, Anna, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. I think... More accurately, he claims to be a god. He claims to be a god, not like... The main god. Not like a god in the, uh, like, Abrahamic tradition, but like a a god. god. in a pantheon of god-like figures, god-like semi-divine beings. Well, let's... uh, There's so many different angles to even attack this thing and, like, talk about it from... But let's let's start with him, then. Who is... Mm -hmm. uh, Is it Rashad Jamal? Yeah, who- uh, so, yeah. So Rashad Jamal is a new age influencer and sort of spiritual leader and rapper um, who is the founder and creator of this entity called the University of Cosmic Intelligence, which is sort of an online platform for both his uh, music videos and for his lectures on sort of spirituality and kind of esoteric new age topics. That's the simplest way to summarize him. And how did he get on y'all's radar? So in August, there was a very strange story about two, uh, two college students who had been driving in the woods near a national forest in Alabama. And according to police, They were flagged down by a woman who was uh, posing as a stranded motorist when they stopped to help her. Uh, One of her, another woman came out of the woods with a gun and uh, attempted to rob them. One of the college students pulled his own gun out. There was an exchange of gunfire. He was killed. Um, The two women fled into the woods. And then later when law enforcement went looking for them, they came across, they said an off grid community of people in the woods, um, among whom was a five-year-old, the child of one of the women who was wielding a shotgun. So this got a little, this got a little bit of pickup. The New York times did a story on it. Um, and as we were discussing that with, uh, with some colleagues, Anna had the, uh, as it turned out, correct surmise that this might have something to do with, uh, sovereign citizenship. Uh, she can speak for herself, but I think just the kind of spider sense you get when you've covered something before that that's at least worth, worth looking into. So we were, what we were initially interested in was what this off grid community was in Alabama. And as we began looking into the social media presences of the two women who were accused of being involved in this murder, um, we were doing some, you know, basic kind of forensics and sleuthing and came across Jamal as a common denominator uh, between them and someone in whom they seem to have an intense interest and uh, pulling, pulling on some thread from there led us to learn more about him and, you know, a, the surprisingly large number of followers of his who've been arrested this year. Why, what were the things that you saw in this initial police report, Anna, that kind of threw up your sovereign citizen bat signal and like, what were, what is a sovereign citizen for people who don't know? Yeah. So, A sovereign citizen is functionally somebody who 
holds that they are not bound by the laws of the United States and that they've been able to sort of emancipate themselves from the over oversee of the U.S. government. Um, and so some of these folks will sort of admit to being citizens of the state that they live in, but not the U.S. Um, and some of them will say, you know, that they are that they are not bound by sort of any of these laws in particular. Um, it's really hard for me to say how exactly I suspected that this might be the case, but certainly the fact that they were these women were said to be living in mm, an off-grid quote-unquote community in a national forest, you know, in a, in a public area was mm, strange enough that I thought that that might be what's going on. And then sort of the presence of firearms and the seeming sort of, uh, I'm to be careful about what I see here, but the fact that um, what, that one of the women's child was holding a firearm as though they had been trained to do that in case of emergency kind of raised my eyebrows. Though, of course, I don't know if that's why that child was wielding that gun in that way. So we were definitely curious about what was going on here, and we suspected that we could probably find social media presences for these women. And as soon as we did... Uh, we saw that both of them had been seemingly living pretty ordinary existences a couple years ago and had gotten progressively more interested in kind of esoteric ideas and um, their lives had really changed significantly in, in that time period and had sort of led them to a pretty, um, pretty unusual place. Now forgive me. I add one Go ahead. gloss on that for one second about sovereign, uh, sovereign citizens which is i th- i think even people who the term doesn't ring a bell for might be familiar with the general idea it's it's kind of bled into the culture in various ways pretty famously uh wesley snipes has run into a lot of tax problems um for reasons related to this like he you know he has asserted uh essentially that the irs doesn't have legal authority to to uh make him pay his taxes and there are other things, you know, you may have you may have heard of, like if, if you've ever heard um, any kind of theory of admiralty law that states that the current uh, legal regime of the United States is is illegal or is, uh, you know, its authority is solely confined to the military or anything to the extent that there is a government account that is opened in your name uh, that you know, documents, including your birth certificate or your social security card can give you access to, um, those are, those are parts of this belief system, which connect in a way I'm sure we'll come to in the topic of this conversation to some pretty, uh, Gnostic ideas about the nature of reality. It's, Mm. it's basically, um, it's basically this idea that what we commonly understand as the, uh, you know, the U S government and the legal authority over us all is not true. And that if you, you know, take the red pill as it were, you'll see the true relationship between, uh, citizen and state and the nature of that relationship being very different than your, your taught in civics class. We'll talk about this, but there are different versions of sovereign citizenry and this sort of overarching thematic idea leads people to different places and sort of practices, some of which um, we've covered in the past and some of which have sort of played out in public in the U.S. before in ways that like folks who don't know a lot about sovereign philosophy don't uh, don't recognize that's that's what's going on. So, yeah. I think if most people, most people have probably encountered this, uh, if they've encountered it at all, I think maybe it was like five years ago, every great now and then you'd have like every couple months, there'd be a new viral video of some white guy getting pulled over uh, and he would have a piece of paper that he would slowly slide out a crack in the window to the police officer explaining why he didn't need a driver's license yeah, um, that's common. It's some variation of that, right? Yes. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a common one. Is a claim that you don't need a 
driver's license sometimes because your your car is a wagon and wagons are not you know under the the auspices of the you know government driver's license system yes that's a that's a common way that sovereign citizen stuff sort of becomes public uh but no but like these women are black uh and i traditionally think of the sovereign citizens movement as something that's associated with white people and like christian nationalism and that kind of part of things but this mm-hmm. is different and distinct right yeah so the primary way that sovereign citizenry plays out in black communities that is different than the ways that it plays out in white communities. And we get into this in the story is that fundamentally it is based in the true notion that uh, black people have been subject to unjust and racist laws, you know, were in many cases, their ancestors were, you know, obviously brought here against their will as enslaved people. And so that the U S government has no sort of moral standing over them. And so that tends to lead to a slightly different set of belief systems. Um, one sort of place that sovereign citizenry plays out a lot in sort of black communities that is more visible tends to be within the criminal justice system. Um, there are a lot of kind of self-styled jailhouse sovereign lawyers who traffic in um, kind of nonsense pro se legal filings where they will hold that, be, you know, because of these racist histories and because of the sort of corruption of the court system, um, folks cannot be held in jail, you know, which is not is not something that tends to work. But that is one of the ways that it plays out. Um, and on a broader level, like fundamentally conspiracy theories in black American communities tend to be rooted in history. They tend to be rooted in stuff that actually happened. So even if the conspiracy theories are, you know, not historically or legally sound, they tend to be rooted in a recognition of kind of historical outrages that were actually perpetrated on black communities. And so we see that also with sovereign citizenry um, among black people is that it tends to be more rooted in the desire to get away from a racist and unjust power structure. It's the difference. Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm sorry to step on you. I just, again, wanted to, wanted to add a, a gloss there to really broadly uh, characterize the difference. And I wouldn't want any peaceful white sovereign citizens to to be offended or to to, to write me an angry email. But black sovereign citizens groups tend to be more interested in separating from from the broader society to want to find a place where they can build community, um, do things as they want to do and be left alone. There are, you know, there are traditions of people buying plots of land. Um, It's allied to various, you know, back to Africa movements, different things like that in a lot of ways. White sovereign citizens groups tend to have a different relation to society. I wouldn't say that everyone who subscribes to this belief system by any means is violent, but it's not unfair to associate it with militias, people carrying guns openly, people saying that the law doesn't apply to them, and then in some or other way using that to uh, assert or attempt to assert power over other people. So, Yeah, the sort of broader patriot movement. So, yeah, so you have this kind of similar conspiratorial belief that the uh, the U.S. is is an illegal government and it takes people to very different places. So you'll start looking into their social media feeds and what they're into. Tell me about, let's get into Rashad a little bit more uh, specifically and what is the ideology here? What is the message of the, uh, the UCI? Mm-hmm. So, um, functionally Jamal's videos, uh, hold that he is sort of a semi divine being who is brought back to earth to create enlightenment and awakening among what he calls like melanated or carbonated people by which he means, you know, black and Latino people. Um, he sort of espouses a number of kind of sovereign beliefs about um, the law and its sort of place in his followers' lives. Um, he also espouses a number of other sort of more unusual conspiracy theories. You know, he said that um, NBA players are robots. He's talked about 
the government cutting off access to uh, stargates, by which he means um, rainbows. Whenever, you know, the government, uh, whenever rainbows are covered by clouds, that's actually, you know, government engaging in weather modification to cover up stargates. Um, He's also a big fan of uh, polygamy and talks a lot about sort of polygamy as being the kind of rightful uh, family structure or by which um, awakened people should kind of order their uh, order their lives. What am I missing, Tim? There's a lot. He's. It's not a coherent belief system and pretty much any conspiracy you can think of, he's at least alluded to. And I think part of that has to do with uh, the style by which he's disseminating his message, which is through live streams. And they're long. They, they run up to three hours long. Ones that I've seen, there may well be ones that are longer than that, that I haven't come across. And it's him usually sitting in his living room uh, with some statues, burning some incense, some candles, smoking some weed and talking. He's a he's a performer. He uh, before he before he got into this, he was, uh, you know, he was a rapper and a pretty good one. He's a he's a magnetic guy and it's just stream of consciousness for hours without stop. And he's also often shirtless, which is yes. important. <laughs> Shirtless, shirtlessness very, is key. Very well-built guy. Sure. And it's him talking about everything under the sun. So basically he's describing a cosmology I think would be vaguely familiar to most people. Um, it has to do with alien gods, um, you know, black people being alien gods or descended from alien gods. There's, there's kind of an ancient alien thing to it. He'll get into the, uh, I can never pronounce it. The Anuakai. The Anunakai. Um, you know, that Egyptian gods were these, were these beings that, uh, he and other black and Latino people are reincarnated to come and fulfill their mission and cleanse the, the planet of parasitical invaders. um, he talks about white people being reptilian. There's that, but he folds a ton of other stuff into it. There's the belief that NBA players are synthetic robots at one point with consequences for other people. He picked up on the birds aren't real joke conspiracy theory and began seriously asserting that birds are CIA built uh, surveillance devices he has a lot of beliefs about MK Ultra. Yeah, basically, it runs the gamut, and what it you know what it tends to resolve itself into is just this really confusing eclectic stew that has at its base this kind of nonlinear story about uh, the redemption of the planet and of humankind and of him and the people who who listen to him having uh, a message to spread about this and a duty and an obligation to save everybody, which, you know, <laughs> of course can be a little bit harmless, but uh, I think would, would set off alarm bells for, mo- for most people. And just to add, one of the reasons why this is a tech story is that he got his start on YouTube and was seemingly sort of influenced by other kind of rappers turned like spiritual leaders, um, including a guy named Young Pharaoh. And, he then also has obviously a presence on Instagram, but then he is really popular among sort of spiritually conscious black TikTok users. There's an enormous kind of like conscious black TikTok community where he is, his videos are kind of like reshared. There's a ton of commentary. There's a ton of sort of other kind of self-styled figures um, trying to kind of patch themselves to him or kind of like further his beliefs. And so it is this, very large, very intricate, 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 <laughs> intricate, oh, fuck it. Uh, it's a very large, very complicated kind of social media universe that he's at the center of, but it spans kind of multiple platforms. And he is kind of the latest incarnation of this type of sort of self-styled online influencer, spiritual leader type. Anna, can I, I've got a tangent, tangent, wow, now I'm doing a tangent question. For you, contagious yeah. question. Um, it, conspiracy theory has been—it's like part of the American fabric. I think I, I firmly believe that it's that it's been here since day one. It's taken mm-hmm. different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like 
the kind of the one that I'm the most sort of studied on is like 60s, 70s stuff. Uh, you know, JFK things and some of this stuff that we're talking about now is rooted in that. But it mm-hmm. feels like the difference between then and now to me is that back then people had very specific things that were they were kind of singularly focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, and now everything needs to be a grand unified theory that kind of absorbs all this different stuff like reptilians. Like, yeah. like I think David Ick, right? And it goes, it's older than him, but like, he's kind of the, one of the more recent incarnations of it. Like we, we've got urine therapy in here. We have all sorts of different stuff that's being kind of mixed all together. Why do you think that happened? Is, has it always been that way? And I just didn't realize it. Or is this new? I think this is somewhat new and it's a function of online. It's a function of social media. Um, we saw that playing out from the beginning with QAnon, you know, QAnon very quickly, moved into trying to be a grand unified theory of everything because it was picking up all of these online influences from all of these other communities that were all kind of feeding into QAnon beliefs. Um, And we see it here too. Part of it is obviously that these folks are all seeing and talking to each other and sort of cross pollinating and taking from other kind of conspiracist belief systems, what is most attractive to them. Part of it too not to be cynical is a question of audience. You know, if you begin talking about the stuff that other kind of conspiracy influencers are seeing success in discussing, you're going to, you're going to pick up some new audience. You're going to find new eyes. So for, you'll see this constantly where everyone will decide to start weighing in on the conspiratorial idea of the day or weighing in on, you know, stuff that is not kind of connected to their kind of core belief. But yeah, I mean, really, this is a this is a function of of how social media works, and we're seeing it um, accelerating more and more. All right, so let's get back to uh, our prophet. Um, there is he. What is he in jail for? What is he being accused of right now? So he is um, accused of sexually abusing the child of a previous romantic partner. Um, the romantic partner's name is Darshal Smith, and what she told us is that her child uh, disclosed the sexual abuse to her a few months after it happened. She, you know, essentially had no choice but to report it. So that is um, he's also uh, facing an additional charge of cruelty to children. So that's that's those are his current charges. He had some others in the past, but that's that's what's going on right now. And I was. I- I would add there that he has a fairly lengthy criminal history. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's previously pleaded guilty to battery and strangulation and suffocation. And he's had attempted murder and murder charges brought against him. Although there were no convictions uh, in those cases. So this is part of a part of a larger pattern in his life. I was also struck by you talked to her. Um, Mm -hmm. At length, it seems like, mm-hmm. uh, and got kind of the story of their, I had, I mean, it is a relationship, but the story of their relationship, can you walk me through that? Cause I thought it was telling. Yeah. The way Darshal, um, talks about their relationship is also the kind of like transition point between Jamal as a, as a rapper focusing on kind of more material things and then his kind of life as a spiritual influencer. So as Darshal describes it, and we only have her side of the story because we've been unable to reach Jamal directly because he's in jail. Um, he essentially, or Darshal essentially says that they met when they were both um, musical artists working out of the same recording studio and were in a relationship for three years. And her sort of description of the relationship now is that it was kind of, you know, violent and coercive from the start. And she told me that essentially she feels like the relationship sort of began because he followed her home and never left. Um, That again, that's how she characterizes it. So uh, they have a child together. um, And while they were living together is also when Jamal started the UCI, started his YouTube channel. She said that prior to that, he was kind of um, haranguing her and her children with these kind of like long-winded spiritual lectures that they had to sit through and um, that he decided to that energy to YouTube. And that's kind of how his um, his 
present career began. And him being in jail has kind of, and in all of these cases, and there's more that we're going to talk about, has mm-hmm. kind of spurned new conspiracy theories, right? Yes, definitely. The So you have a cosmology where the the elect, the chosen, however you want to characterize them, are under a uh, constant assault by elites who are hiding the nature of reality. They're hiding, um, uh, hiding the nature of some really basic things to go on a, a little tangent of my own. One of the people we're going to talk about, uh, a guy who goes by free soul. He has done videos that are, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty funny, but they're also telling, uh, about his belief in urine therapy. And, Urine therapy, for reasons I'll admit I don't really understand, turns up in a lot of New Age belief systems. <laughs> and really his, spe- his specific explanation for why he drinks urine, which he says keeps him young. Is his own that, urine. I want to specify. It's not just yes. anyone's urine. It's his own urine. Yes. It's his own urine. Is that the human body is comp- com- comprised of 97% stardust. And aging is caused by corrupting the body by eating um, things that aren't, uh, you know, aren't made of stardust. And so that you have to conserve this natural resource. And that if you do so, your body is essentially a self-perpetuating system and there's no reason to, to age. He's specifically said that drinking your own urine can cure cancer and herpes and AIDS and all sorts of illnesses. So you have this, um, group of people who are really primed to believe that the the truth of things are being hidden for them and that they're under, they're under attack. And Mm -hmm. part of the reason they're primed to believe that is in the broadest sense, they are, they're black Americans contending with a system that is structurally biased against them in very large abstract ways and very small, tangible, everyday concrete ways. They're dealing with that. So those narratives become to some extent reinforcing. And then when you have, this guy who's a prophet, who's offering liberation, who's offering a way forward, who's offering the truth, he is put in jail uh, and charged with, you know, basically the worst thing you can be accused of in our culture. Um, It is, you know, it's easy to sit there and say, well, all these people who have invested a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy, maybe uprooted their lives in some cases uh, in accordance with his teachings, that they should see through this and realize that there's probably something they should take seriously here without coming to any conclusions about whether he's guilty or not. But it's also not hard to see how people would see that as evidence that he is being persecuted. Um, And that becomes a really tricky thing. This isn't to our awareness a cult. That's in some ways kind of a meaningless term. It's very hard to define what it is, but to the extent you can, um, this doesn't have most of the hallmarks of one, but there is part of that dynamic here where the more the, you know, the more the outside world um, and the more the, you know, the elites are, are coming down on the group or a charismatic leader, the more people are going to rally behind him, which makes it you know, very, very tricky. It's, it's one of the, one of the issues here. And you, y'all took, uh, this story took a long time. You all were very careful with it. I remember seeing y'all discussing it, uh, in work slack off and on. Um, one of the reasons that it took so long is kind of highlighted by what you just said. You had to deal with, uh, largely white police departments in the rural American South, right? Yeah. And it was, and and this was uh, more Tim than me, though I also handled this. Functionally, it was incredibly difficult to get our hands on court records. Um, it is, in some of these places, really difficult to tell whether or not someone is in jail, which is quite unusual. Most most county jails, it's quite easy to an inmate lookup. Um, a lot of places, public records would govern that certainly like criminal records would be easier to find. And so we really... and. Tim especially really tore our hair out finding some of this stuff. And that, of course, has generated its own conspiracy theories among all fans. Yeah, to give, to give one example, um, in one case, and I'm blanking on, blanking on which one right now because we're dealing with so many separate ones, but 
in one of the cases, we um, wanted some basic court records to find out uh, what somebody had been charged with, um, the paperwork that would tell us who their lawyer is. These these are really routine things. And it took about a week to get anything um, from the court clerk because we're in this kind of Abbott and Costello routine where we would say we're looking for so-and-so. And she would say things like, well, just come down to the courthouse. Well, you know, I'm in Philadelphia and it's in Los Angeles. We can't come down to Georgia to go to the courthouse. And the lady who very nice, very professional and ended up getting us everything we needed. And in fact, going above and beyond, um, you know, saying, well, just tell me what documents you need. And so we said, well, we don't know what documents you have. Usually it's in a, in a docket that, that you can find online. And she said, oh, well, we don't, you know, we don't put that online. And we're like, okay, well, can you email it to us if you don't have online? And we had to send a check. It's that kind of thing that, uh, you know, I'm not accusing any individual person of, um, you know, obstruction or, or keeping public information from the public or anything. When you see that pattern recurring in pretty much every one of these cases, it's a pretty good illustration of how, um, you know, a these are these are systems that are constructed um, without transparency in mind. They are mm-hmm. opaque. They're difficult to deal with. We're very experienced at dealing with systems like this, and still found it immensely frustrating. And it, it took a lot of just time to to find things like you know who is so and so's lawyer. What have they been actually charged with? Um, in some cases, people still haven't been indicted, you know, almost a year after their arrest. They've just been sitting in jail and there's no they don't there is no legal process ongoing at some point. You know, they will they will be formally charged. There will be a grand jury brought in. All these different things will happen, but there's no timetable on it. Um, it's a you know, it's just a it's a it's a black hole. And when you have people who are looking at that, it's not difficult to see why they get conspiratorial about a lot of, um, a lot of the energy you'll see in like TikToks and discussions people are having on Instagram is very focused on this basic information. It's people passing on, like this is where Rashad Jamal is because it's difficult to find, like this is how you can write him a letter. This is how you can support his cause. Um, it you know a lot of it isn't so much about uh, the the grand cosmology, but just the the real nuts and bolts of how you deal with the criminal justice system. And he's in Georgia, right? This is Athens, Georgia. Yes. Yeah, he's in uh, Barrow County Barrow Detention County. Center, which is okay. yeah, a bit bit north of Athens. It's like uh, I think it's like two hundred thousand people, uh, kind of on the. About halfway between Atlanta and the South Carolina border, I think, is where Athens is. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Give, give people a sense of like the kind of place that we're talking about. Yeah, um, Athens is lovely. It's a it's a nice college town. If you ever have any reason to go to Athens, <laughs> you'll 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 have a good time, I can guarantee. All right, several listeners, we're gonna pause there for a break. We'll be right back after this. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. All right, cyber listeners, we are back on with Anna Merlin and Tim Marchman. All right, let's talk about the let's talk about Free Soul, who I think is another mm-hmm. big influencer because it's like Rashad kind of creates maybe that's the wrong wrong word inspires uh, what I would say are almost like copycat prophets, copycat influencers. That's, that's fair, and and he himself um, he himself is is one. Um, like his, not just his concerns, but his um, his intonations and the way he presents himself are very similar to a lot of other people. You know, probably especially 
young Pharaoh, who's this really interesting figure. He's um, a wildly uh, anti-Semitic influencer who actually was invited to uh, CPAC last year as a speaker in an apparent uh, attempt by the Institutional Republican Party to reach out to young black people. The the uh, invitation was frantically revoked, I guess, after anyone listened to him for two minutes uh, to figure out what he's on about. And um, one of the interesting things in those in this pattern of replication or inspiration is what people pick up and what they don't and what they elaborate on. Like Jamal, um, Jamal does not center anti-Semitism the way young Pharaoh does. He, when he talks about reptiles, it, it, you know, it tends to be more that all white people are reptiles through no fault of their own. Um, it's just a different mix. And free soul is definitely someone who, uh, you know, he's an influencer on the make and he definitely seems to have patterned himself strongly uh after jamal although he he has said that he was playing with these ideas before he'd ever uh encountered jamal and while he is a while he is clearly a a follower he he and his wife have, have vigorously denied that they're part of any any sort of cult or anything untoward yeah he describes himself though as a student of, of the uci of the university of cosmic intelligence and he talks a lot about the need to free Rashad Jamal. So, um, and he certainly is also by my sort of lights patterning, patterning his speech and his, um, presentation on how Jamal does his videos. He's also frequently sort of shirtless and is doing the same kind of like very energetic delivery, um, that Jamal does. But yeah, it's, I'm sure it's possible that it's just, you know, sometimes, just a coincidence. sometimes in a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. yeah so, sometimes in a Chuck E. Cheese. So, we um so we came across free soul as we were we were basically looking at a group of um jamal adherents who had been posting very vigorously about their travels through their travels through the south and were connected to mass meditation events which have been held throughout the south where followers of jamal and conscious people they get together and they meditate together. Uh, you know, this is, I don't even know if we, we mentioned it cause there's, there's so much to mention, but you know, this is another one of Jamal's big things is talks about chakras and cleansing meditation and leads meditations online. You know, not everything he says is outlandish, uh, nonsense about space aliens or whatever. Um, it's not how I'd personally choose to meditate, but whatever works for people. Um, so apparently, you know, people getting together to, have these mass meditation events. Free Soul is a young guy um, from Texas, and his online presence before he started posting a lot about this was really normal. It was about high school sports, or you know, he had a stint when he was a day trader and he'd lost a lot of money in a foreign currency exchange, but was you know up to rise and grind and build his fortune. There's not much in his postings for. I think about a year and a half and he comes back uh very much presenting himself as an influencer on the make uh very concerned with uh, rashad jamal's teachings and he uh he and some other people he he met online start uh they meet up in real life and they start posting about the various parks they're going to and how they're how they're returning to nature and uh, Free Soul starts giving these really long, agitated monologues about the nature of reality and how everything he's ever been taught was a lie. Uh, the you know the dark forces are hiding the nature of reality from him. There are evil forces infesting this planet, and he's going to do he's going to do something about it. So at one point, he, his wife, and three other people are in Athens. They are, from what we can tell, they've been sleeping in a car or sleeping outside. They are on a jag to return to nature without a lot of evidence that they know how to do that. And a cop, um, you know, a cop comes up to them because they're they're in this car at like eight in the morning. According to them, 
he was hassling them because they're black. According to his police report, he had seen them being shifty and suspicious, uh, which take as you will, but ran their plates and saw that they were uninsured. So he comes up to the car. They immediately start recording him. And from the recording, uh, it basically appears he's saying, can I see your ID? You're driving in a car without insurance. I think we have, you know, this is, this is an issue. They're telling him that they're sovereign beings, that they don't believe in identification. Um, and there's a lot of shouting going on. So the driver of the car, the driver of the car ends up being arrested. And another one of the people in the car also ends up being arrested after having been, according to the police report, uh, scratching and, and, you know, generally getting a little rough with the officer. They're taken off to jail and free soul. He, uh, this appears to put him on tilt a bit. He begins live streaming really vigorously about the, uh, the state coming down on him and his people that all they're trying to do is live according to their conscious, their conscience and the dictates of their religion and their beliefs and their, you know, how, how they want to live. And they can't do this without, um, you know, without being harassed by, by, by a racist system. Then, we start getting into some, and that's when we start getting into some slightly weird stuff. Uh, even, even by these standards, uh, a few days after, a few days after all that, when, uh, when free soul had been monologuing about this whole incident in a, in a Chuck E. Cheese, as you said, from which his, his wife asked him to leave. So as, cause he was, he was getting really vehement, didn't want to disturb the little kids in there. um, he makes a great discovery, which is that birds aren't real. He's apparently come across a dead bird and with a machete, he chops the bird in half and it's not geysering blood. And he takes this as evidence that it's synthetic, that its feathers are, are plastic. And he's, he's showing this to his compatriots. They're marveling at it. They completely agree with it. And it's all hard to know what to make of and everyone involved, um, you know, has declined to talk to us, but it certainly seems to be indicative of a kind of process of, you know, falling down a rabbit hole online that gets discussed a lot with QAnon and other belief systems, um, often in really overtly political terms. Obviously a lot of people consider, and it is, you know, it is a problem to be considered as such that, the algorithms are are radicalizing people or leading them in strange directions and, and towards strange belief systems. But the way that's talked about is often really overtly political that, you know, young, young white men are becoming Nazis is, is the most common iteration of that concern. And this and some of the other similar stories we've seen among followers were people who to all appearances are leading really conventional lives and just going about their business uh encounter something and then before long find themselves in a in a field uh cutting a bird in half and and saying that a visibly real bird is not a bird there's you know it's disturbing um i don't know i don't know another you know word for it or way to put it do we know this is a question from the audience from groundswell zoo uh, what are the age demographics that are being reached here? Do we know, um, and kind of highlighting the Q and on of it all, are they primarily boomers that are drawn into these teachings? Um, no, 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 this is a much younger crowd from, what yeah, these about. folks are in their late teens to early thirties. I would say maybe though we think that Jamal is about 44 or 45. So he's a bit older as audience, but no, this is the TikTok um, demographic. Right, which just goes to show that you know, we we tend to blame a lot of other generations uh, for conspiratorial thinking, but we're, we all fall prey to it, right? Age is not really a limiting factor, I don't think. No, I mean, any time that you have a sense of disenfranchisement or a sense that the sort of like existing 
social structures and power structures are not working for you, you know, conspiratorial thinking is going to come in. Um, And in some cases, it's also just, you know, it is so prevalent on some of these platforms that, you know, sooner or later, you're going to see something that maybe you agree with, even if you're not radicalized to the extent that that some folks are. Um, And I should note that Free Soul has um, responded to our story today um, on Instagram by saying that we are um, CIA agents and that we are, you know, part of an orchestrated scheme by the CIA to try to take him down, which um, we're not. Well, it's, I, it's 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 exactly yeah. what we would say if we were, but but we are right. not. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know any better way to demonstrate that we're not. But I should certainly note that that's his um, that's his response. You heard it here first, folks. Official denial from Anna Merlin and Tim Marchman. They are not funded by the CIA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is actually the first time I have heard him mention the CIA specifically I'm I'm actually very curious about I'll mention us in connection with the CIA because I think he he believes that the birds are um the the birds are are CIA drones oh yes, yeah this he, is the first time his, that I'm hearing that we're CIA yeah, he and his wife have expressed the belief that birds are specifically CIA manufactured and or funded uh surveillance craft indeed <sighs> Anna, you've written about this pretty extensively. Are we just, are we poisoning ourselves with online? Like, how do you, how does a person end up in the middle of the woods cutting up a real bird and saying that it's a CIA drone? Hmm. So, I, I would it's a big say, question. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I think fundamentally, conspiracy theories are the symptom they're not the disease and again whenever you have a sense of injustice a sense of social disenfranchisement a sense that you know the existing power structures are not working for you or not are are weighted against you then you are going to be more prone to seeking out alternate explanations for um for the systems that surround you and you know we had a really um insightful conversation with professor stephen finley who studies you know conspiracism among black americans broadly you know he has a book out right now about um like ufo beliefs among the nation of islam so not just conspiracism he studies esoteric belief systems among black americans um the thing that he really phrased so well and talked about um at length with us is that a lot of esoteric and sort of new agey beliefs among black Americans are based in a sort of desire to re envision black life in a way that is um, just sort of outside of these sort of like mainstream and racist systems, you know, like for instance, the NOI believing in aliens from Mars and Venus uh, was kind of um, framed at you know, within a system where black men have the lowest life expectancy of any demographic group in the U.S. And so these, um, you know, black aliens on Mars and Venus are believed to be, you know, uh, 10 feet tall and live for 800 years, you know. And so this is really, I think, uh, Dr. Finley said, like, re-envisioning a robust black life. You know, and so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of really poignant stuff in here in this specific group of people specifically, where it's not just that they got on TikTok and then decided to dismember a dead bird. It was a much more kind of lifelong process of coming to grips with and ultimately kind of rejecting systems of power and social control that were not serving them, you know, and also fundamentally trying to find uh, trying to find sort of a hidden as Tim puts it, like Gnostic meaning within reality that is um, when we say more like nourishing. When we say Gnostic, what do we mean? Um, again, like emphasizing sort of like hidden, secret, like encoded systems of knowledge over like overt okay. systems of knowledge is how I'd put it. Tim, do you agree with that kind of? Yeah, assessment? I mean, it's yeah. it, it's a, the subject of a cyber on its own, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, the the belief that there is hidden meaning. I think probably the most familiar example is um, the early Gnostic Christians who believed that that uh, there was a literal meaning to what Jesus was saying, and there was also 
um, a deeper meaning and that he, he was presenting puzzles that needed to be unraveled. And in some sects, they took it to the belief that and I'm radically oversimplifying, but basically that the God of our reality is, is a false God, not exactly the devil, but the, the demiurge and that we need to pierce the veil of the reality surrounding us to see through to uh, the true reality that the true creator of the, the universe is responsible for that we are imprisoned in some way. Um, and that that's the true, that was the true meaning of Jesus's message. That's, a really appealing belief and it manifests itself in a lot of ways for a lot of people. Um, but to, to go back to the initial question you had here, it, we don't have an answer, um, which is, you know, this is something we're continuing to report and hopefully we will be able to get to an answer, but there's, there's another story here that I, I think is probably the most disturbing one of these, which is about a, a young man named Damian Washam in Alabama. We, we talked to, his father, we've read what police documentation there is. Um, we haven't been able to talk to him. His lawyer doesn't want to talk to him, so we don't have his side of the story. But to all appearances, he was a completely normal young guy living at home. Um, I don't know his exact age offhand, but you know, very early 20s. And in a Call of Duty chat, he encountered Jamal and apparently very soon after that began acting really weird. His, uh, I have a quote from his father who just said he was listening to these conspiracy kind of videos and it was dumb as hell. It was stupid. I tried to look at some of these videos and I can't even listen to them. It's so dumb lizard people and aliens Mm -hmm. within weeks. He's spending thousands of dollars that he doesn't really have on crystals from uh, the university of cosmic intelligence's online store buying edged weapons. He's barring his house from the inside with uh, metal bars. He has uh, an obsession with figures from the ancient Egyptian underworld. Um, He stops playing video games. His father, uh, his father said that at at one point early in this process, he, he was actually kind of happy about it because, you know, he, the, his son sold, like his playstations to, to fund these other interests. And he was like, well, you know, at least he's not playing call of duty so much. And, um, he bought a gun and he ended up allegedly, uh, using one of the swords he bought and just attacking his family. He had, uh, an, uh, an uncle, an elderly uncle who was, who was unwell. He was bedridden. He attacked him. He attacked his own autistic brother. He, um, allegedly you know decapitated his came near to decapitating his own his own mother who did die with the sword and um you know i'm sure there there are more underlying things there it's a very complicated problem but there's a there's a real mystery as to how the kind of personality transition happened so fast especially because when we talk about how strange jamal's messages there's nothing violent about it it's possible there's other material we haven't come across um but in nothing i've seen does he you know preach any kind of message of violence of any sort past really really broad stuff about how he's aligned against the parasitical invaders of the planet but those people aren't really specifically pointed to it's not a message of you know white people are the invaders of this planet we have to do something about them it's more kind of laying out the stakes in a cosmic struggle. Right. Nothing that rises um, to the level of incitement at all. No, no, no. no I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't come across anything like that at all. Um, and so we're left with this, you know, we're left, we're left with this mystery. How does this happen? How do you multiple young people who to all appearances um, are, are fairly ordinary become you know accused of these extraordinary acts of violence and it would be really you know it'd be really nice if there was um if there was a neat answer but they're really right now there are only questions hopefully we'll get some some more answers but one of the big questions is as saturated as all our heads are 
in the internet. And as much as we think we know how to handle it, we don't know a lot about how it affects our brains. We don't know a lot about, um, you know, <laughs> what exposure to even not even any specific beliefs or ideas or information, but just, um, imbibing information this way and this vast quantity of information that we haven't uh in the past is is doing to to thought processes to impulse control to your ability to discern uh what's right from what's wrong and from you know what it does to your your sense of consequences um and it you know as as you know experts we talked to in, in the article um, discuss it is one of the tricky things here is the, the sovereign element because it's distinct mm-hmm. from some of the new age um, esoteric elements. But if you, it, it changes them in a way when they interact, because if you believe that legal authority in the United States is fundamentally illegitimate, that does raise some questions about how should you act or how do you feel licensed to act? Right. What happens when your beliefs are tested in the real world? Yeah, we're finding out we have, yeah, we have, um, you know, we have eight people this year who have been, uh, arrested who are tied to, or are followers of Jamal. Just as I say that I'm going to have to very rudely go, run and get my door to let my daughter in but uh, i'll be back in one second uh you're good i think that that's probably a good place for us to end i thought that was a pretty mm-hmm. eloquent summation of everything that's going on um yeah right good job tim good job tim um yeah i mean so we're continuing to look into this group of people we're continuing to understand the ways that some of these arrests tie in or do not tie in with Stuff that Jamal has been talking about. Um, and if you are listening to this and know anything about any of these folks or want to talk about it, you know, our email addresses are our first names dot our last names at vice.com. All right, I'm going to start to play us out. Maybe if I can hit the button. Anna Merlin, Tim Marchman, thank you so much for coming on to Cyber and walking us through this. Uh, Tim, I know you're not here. Maybe you'll listen. To I am. Oh, you are? You're back? I'm uh, back. It was quick. I'm going to put you down. Uh, it, somebody actually, Emery Lee 2014, uh, who's a frequent chatter, asks if mm. there's a secure method of contacting y'all. Um, yeah, we have a signal phone number that would be great to text us on. Uh, you can also use a non-work device and email us from a ProtonMail account. Um, that is typically pretty good. Tim, do you have any other? Yeah, those are those are both excellent. Um, and just to give the signal number, it is 267-713-9832. So if you're using a non-work device and you get us there, it's end-to-end encrypted. That's pretty safe. And if you have some real concerns about being uh, traced or having anything tied to you, um, you can get a used uh, get like a used iPod Touch or some device like that. Go to McDonald's or Starbucks, log onto their Wi-Fi, download Signal, and then contact us at that number. That is uh, not the safest thing. The safest thing is the U.S. Postal Mail, but it's the next best thing. And if you uh, if you get us there, we can talk about uh, anything you like. Give us that number one more time. Sure, that is two six seven. 713-9832. There you go. Uh, and Tim, I'm going to put you down to come back onto the show and talk about the Albigensian Crusade and uh, the history of, of Western esoteric thought. And uh, But, all right, let's get out of here. Cyber listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it was a great stream. Sorry, I was a little sick last week and couldn't quite make it. If you like the show, if you're listening to the podcast, you can watch the show as a live stream at youtube.com forward slash motherboard TV or at twitch.tv forward slash motherboard TV, where you can get it ad free and live and participate in the chat. 
Uh, thank you so much for everyone that tuned in. We had a good audience today. Anna, Tim, again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I'm sure y'all are both going to be back on the show. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Take care. Goodbye, everybody. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.